Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Once again, producer Chris is in the doghouse with me. Last week, we talked about Heels Episode 2, and we forgot to give a turnbuckle rating out of the turnbuckle system that he came up with. Uh, yes, so apparently so. So Episode 2 of Heels deserved an 8.5 out of 12. And the reason I wanted to bring up turnbuckle rating right off the get-go is every day I've been getting positive feedback about the Total Beasties show. We're now four episodes in starting now. And every day I get a text, I get a voicemail, I get all kinds of positive feedback. And I would say episode three got 11.5 out of 12 turnbuckles for a rating from our listeners that's amazing. 11.5 out of 12. It was almost 12. We don't want to be perfect. In fact, I've asked you, if you listen to the Total Bishis, to subscribe and give us a three or four star rating. Yes. Make, I don't want a five star rating. I want a three or a four star rating. Because let's be honest, the five star rating is a Dave Meltzer thing. And I'm not terribly fond of Dave Meltzer right now. Jeez, Weez is wanting to punch me in the mouth. But... I don't want a five-star rating because that means you think we're perfect. And I can tell you we're getting better every episode, including today. And I want to keep getting better. I don't want to be perfect. I always want to have something we can strive to. Well, b before we go any further, is Jeez Weez a, a fan of Dave Meltzer? Is that Oh, a yeah. Really? It's his hero. Oh, my gosh. D uh, I think in the entire world, if you if you insulted Senior Wallace, Jeez Weez's dad, yes. or Dave Meltzer, I think he'd get more mad that you're insulting Dave Meltzer. Oh, really? I didn't think anybody liked Dave Meltzer anymore. Jeez Weez loves Dave Meltzer. But enough about Jeez All Weez, right, a good friend on. of the show. Um, Producer Chris, how are you? Last week, you were character building. What are you doing this week? This week, I am also character building, but not nearly as bad. Last week was a flat tire due to uh, our wonderful road system we have where we are. But this week, no flat tires. You're just kind of blah? I, I'm not blah. I, I think I'm just a little aggravated. You're which means sore because be, uh, Danhausen got jobbed in like a minute? That's right. I am sore about that. Yeah, I sat there and tried that. to sell me on Danhausen, and then he came on the TV, and I watched closely, and I don't think he did a lick of offense. I can't. They booked him like Barry Harwood. Not even Barry Harwood. Barry Harwood's got offense. They booked him like, I don't know, like Mark Bell versus The Undertaker or something. Like uh, it, was just, it was terrible. I'm not here to criticize booking from All Elite Wrestling. I'd rather talk about independents that are yes. improving, not uh, second – company the second best company that may be a little bit stagnant we're not talking about speaking AEW. Of, speaking of which speaking of which uh, you're, you're talking about companies that are kind of on their way up and something you brought up you brought this company up previously and now they're doing some very exciting things new okay okay hold on hold on don't jump ahead no we're you and your ahead. formats this is why i don't want formats <laughs> okay uh, before we get there i'm not done talking to you chris the people want to hear what i have to say to you before they hear what I have to say to them about wrestling. Chris, okay. let me tell you something. When I used to date, when I was on the dating scene, and it's been years because I'm very happy with my girlfriend, but when I was on the dating scene, you'd, you'd chat with a girl usually online. You'd go on the first date. You'd see if there was chemistry, you'd, and you'd leave that date going, ah, I don't know. And then you'd make plans for a second date, and all up until that second date, you were like, ah, do I even want to go? And then you go, and then you're like, okay, and then you make plans for a third date because you're kind of a sucker for punishment, right? So you go on the third date and you expect fireworks after the third date. You've, in, you've now invested three hours at least in three different, like an hour date. 
And then it, you, at the end of three dates, if there's not chemistry, you're done. So Total Beasties is now three episodes in. And I've been wondering all week, do Chris and I actually have chemistry? I now think I'm in a relationship with if you, Chris. You're, if you're angling for some loving, Davidson, let me tell you. So it, you're not going to put out? You're not going to put out. Not tonight. Not, not any night. That, oh. sound, that sounds like I was giving you hope. It sounds you like know I was what? I gotta you along. Say, so I, I wanted to bring that up because we're either going to get closer or we're going to start falling apart here, Chris. So, like, some people say we have such dynamic chemistry. I heard that from Good Time Gord. Really? One of my best friends. I heard it from, uh, who else did I hear it from? I think I heard it from The Axe, one of my favorite wow. Winnipeg wrestling legends, a good friend of mine. I used to yep. be his booker. Never ever wrestled the man because why would I, Why would I, as a junior heavyweight, wrestle the super heavyweight of the territory? But I've heard it from a lot of people that we have chemistry, and I, I, I wanted to thank you for that. So Because sometimes it sounds like I'm beating on you. Like l- last week you were like, oh, Danhausen, Danhausen, yeah. Danhausen. And I was like, sell me Danhausen. And then you're like, well, you tried your hardest, and you came up really flat, to yeah. be honest. And then I watched AEW TV, and he came across even flatter than you sold him. So we're never going to talk about Danhausen again because I forgot who he is. So I think you, I think you owe me uh, an apology on that sell job because he came off flatter than I sold him. That means I did some really good work. I think you've got a bad taste in talent. I did some really good work. There. Bad taste in talent. And no. remember, Mr. Format, there, cr- producer Chris. From now on, if you're ever going to shout out to somebody that you know is a sworn enemy of mine, <laughs> you got to tell me ahead of time, especially if you hope I'm going to rent. Because you catch me off guard like, hey, how about Vance Nevada? And I'm like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, do I want to say something bad or do I want to say something good? And, and we're going to keep that going. Shout out to Vance Nevada this week again. Boom. No. That you know what? Happened. Let me tell you, if Vance Nevada doesn't get his book listed with Amazon, we're not shouting out anymore. Because if I can't get a kickback on his sales because I know – this guy, I call him the purported historian because historians should never get the story wrong. The right. story happened, and then they talk about it. If you can't get it bang on when you're talking history, then you're a failure. Now, I'm not saying Vance Nevada is a failure, but I could point out stories that he got dead wrong, right? I, I don't think call you are myself, saying that. I don't call myself a historian. So when I maybe got it wrong that Bobby J didn't give Bulldog Bob Brown a golden shower, I may have been wrong about that, but I'm not a historian, so it's okay. I'm allowed to be wrong. Vance Nevada is not allowed to be wrong. I'm giving Vance Nevada too, mi- too much time when I talk about him. The jury is still out about the golden shower, by the way. We're doing some deep dives right now. We're doing some digging. We're going to find out. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Who, are we ever, or are we just going to keep talking about it's, it? No, it's going to happen. Yeah, How okay. Could, it's going to happen. I'm working on it right now. I'm also working on uh, getting Vance Nevada on the show. As you well. better tell me ahead of time, because if <laughs> I if all of a sudden, hey, hey, we got a guest here, Vance Nevada, I might just throw down my headset and say, hey, it's the Chris Maxwell show from That's now on. That's what I was hoping. Like, I'm, I'm just hoping that no. you just flip out. Like, I won't flip out. No? Uh, no, I might sound like a deer stuck in headlights. Like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> like, when Honky and Beefcake cut my hair, that, you might get a reaction like that, by the way. Fine, I've, that's got, I've got the rib. I'm not going to tell you what it is ahead of time. But Honky's getting ribbed, and I'm going to do it. Okay. And if it's somebody wants to warn him after they hear this and they tweet him and say, Honky, be careful, Mike Davidson's going to rib you, he won't see it coming. I promise you that. And Brutus Beefcake apparently doesn't even remember the incident. So Brutus Beefcake will be like, I never was in Winnipeg. That's his defense to it. Yeah. Uh, I never was in I was in Winnipeg for WWF, and then for and then he doesn't even remember coming back. He doesn't. He probably doesn't remember any of his yeah. latter-day shots. Oh, 
could tell you story after story. And I am going to tell you story after story. But I wanted to move into the economics of wrestling, which is a big part of what the Total B-She's is. I want to talk about independent wrestling promoters who are doing things right. And I've really been studying Western Canada, first and foremost, because part of the reason is it's where my experience was. But we're going to talk about American independence, too. We're going to talk about Eastern Canada. But I've been watching a couple of things. If you remember in episode one, and I remember it well because, hey, it was a great episode. Episode one of the Total Bishi show, I said what independent promoters needed to start doing was to market to moms, to grow their marketplace by capturing kids. Because every time you get a kid that wants to come to your show, it's a two-ticket sale minimum, right? And a company probably had this idea because I don't think they heard it and acted on it. No. But a company had it, and they've done it almost perfectly. I'm talking about Nation Extreme Wrestling based in Vancouver. And Nation Extreme Wrestling, I'm going to give them a shout-out here. They're actually probably the company in Western Canada that's doing the best. They just recently had a 907-person a sellout in Vancouver. Wow. Yeah, so they, that's so, really good. something's going right there, right? Um, so they just launched their kids' club. And the deal is for $39 kids can join this club and they get a discount on on kids tickets for the entire year and they get a free t-shirt and they get a, a meet and greet so it's basically for 39 dollars you're b- buying a membership right? right and you get a discount on tickets you get um but they've loaded it with value so for 39 dollars they're giving you 39 dollars in value with the t-shirt and the meet and greet right? easily easily so why is it there's some promoters who've been around 12 years 15 years 20 years who never thought of a way to market kids. Now, some of them run bars, so they can't. Some of them run venues where they don't have the space. Some of them just never looked at it and thought, some of them have a kid's price, like $3 off for kids, and they think that they're doing, they're, they're missing the point. Nation Extreme Wrestling got it right. This kids club is a perfect idea. Big kudos to them, because it's going to create them fans. Once a kid likes it once, mom is going to bring Junior yeah. back. I said it in episode one, and I'm going to preach on it. Every promoter has got to think of a way to get kids because the one market that WWE still dominates in is that kid who's age 16 and under. They focus on it. What they've done with their product, their production, they've made it so slick that it always is going to cater to kids. It's like the coolest cartoon on TV, only it's real action. Yeah, even though they've added back a little bit of edge to their product because of the slick production that you're talking about. It's always going to cater to kids. Exactly right. I don't like it personally. But, but I, I, I get it. I don't have to like it. I don't really like it. Um, but I can say this. They are always going to own that kid's market because they, they use the right colors and the right schemes yep. and the right characters. I remember when I was a kid, Thundercats was the big brand new cartoon we all got excited about. This would be, WWE is like today's Thundercats for, for 9 and 10-year-olds. And Vince is f- focusing on that. Independent promoters need to figure out a way to capture kids. Everyone you, ca- everyone you capture... You have, a t- you have two tickets sold because mom's coming or friend's coming. It's always going to be someone coming with Junior. And they're going to want to come all the time. But they don't get it because they're too busy marketing to their own fans. I, I have a theory about that. And I, it's, I'm, it's just percolating right now. But maybe it's because of something you mentioned previously in another episode, which was... Are you giving me credit where it's not due? No credit here. But <laughs> just something you said. Uh, you said pro wrestlers, uh, many of them, don't have a whole lot of, like, real jobs they work sort of gig jobs i said this yeah you 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 alluded that they i work, said that they the independent wrestlers no, are all unemployed people no they work sort of i never gig that. jobs that give them the ability to wrestle my thing i here, said this 
just listen. Cite my, my, the episode, please. My thing here is, is that they're not selling. They don't know how to sell, and I don't mean sell in the ring. Yeah. I mean they don't know how to, they don't know the idea of best value, best experience, value adding. Yeah, you are going to be enemy number one after that comment. I'm, I'm I never made that comment on the podcast. Maybe when we were chatting offline, but you're onto something. Yeah. You're onto something. The, the, they're not. They're not doing value adding. So yeah. the you know the base basic of it is called best value, best experience, yeah. and you you add value. So they yeah. So they so they keep coming back. That's what the kids club is. They're giving away yeah. a, a T-shirt that they're paying ten dollars for, and it's coming from China. Yeah. They're Let me expound on thir- your point They're making $39 here. on it, and they're, and they're giving kids a discount on a ticket yeah. that they were going to discount anyways yeah. because it's a kid's ticket. Let they're me expound discount. on your point because, one, I never said that <laughs> these guys are all unemployed. Whether they are or they aren't, I didn't say it. Tweet it out. You someone's, heard it here. Mike Someone's going to get punched over that comment. I don't want it to be me. I never said it. But you might be right, okay? Here's the thing with, with one thing I – and not to take away from our original point, Nation Extreme Wrestling, what they're doing is amazing. Oh, yes. Every promoter should be trying to come up with su- their own version of that. Now, what you said was that independent wrestlers maybe aren't doing enough to sell. They don't really do enough to sell themselves. I was talking to a photographer, a really respected guy around the industry, and I would drop his name, but he didn't say, hey, you can drop this. But he's a photographer, and he's been talking to independent wrestlers at a local level, and he's been saying, hey, I'll give you a discounted rate to get brand new photos. So on posters, it's not an old photo or an ugly photo. And nobody takes them up on it because wrestlers don't. They don't care. What do you mean I'm going to have to pay for something like that? I'm not paying. I can snap a selfie. That's what they think. Yeah. They're their own worst enemies. Independent promoters in many times, not Nation Extreme Wrestling, independent prom- promoters tend to be their own worst enemy too. And I'll tell you why. Because they don't think about, hey, we're gonna, we're, we want to get the ticket price. I think I get back to where your point was. Your yeah. point was when I said you got to get your price down to compare to movies, right? Right. So independent wrestling promoters, if you want to be – priced at higher than the $15 movie and you want value, right? So I think I'm expounding on your point properly is you have to add something. So the wrestling ticket could be $15, but what you're adding, and I would say take an event poster and oh, I could tell you horror stories about some of the posters I've seen the last week. They're they're not, they didn't listen to episode one and they're not listening and they, or they heard me say, just put two guys on a poster and they're like, screw Mike Davidson. We're putting 15 on this poster and we're going to put a background that's really over the top. They didn't get what we said in episode one. Guys, your graphic design, feature wrestler one, feature wrestler two. If you got a name, he's in the middle. The two guys with the best look or a girl with one of the, with a great look. Focus on what sells. The picture sells. Keep it simple. The mind has to see something they want to pay for. You put seven or eight wrestlers on there, and people are like, what is this train wreck I'm looking at? And they're forgetting it because they never they never digested it properly. So, But value added back to that, what I would do is I, I would say, here's the price for a ticket. Let's say you want to get the ticket price to $21, right? So your price per ticket is 15 but we're giving you an autographed event poster with one of the people featured on the poster. And and that's the value added. Right. Right now all of a sudden you've added the value and the cost for the paper on that picture is one or the poster, one dollar. Maybe two. Yeah. So you've added the value at very little cost. Maybe they'll think of this. Instead, they're like, in a world of hyperinflation, this is going to go off on a tirade. I'm going to cut it short here. But in a world of hyperinflation where gasoline's going through the roof and cost of food is going through the roof, the last thing you want is your price of a wrestling ticket to be almost double what a movie pass is. 
With, yeah, without without any sort of justification. And that being said, guess what the regular price is for Nation Extreme Wrestling, who just had that 900-person sellout? $20. $30 for adult and 20 for kids. Wow. So they obviously are saying, hey, we're going to give you value. Now, whether that value makes sense, they're selling out at those prices. Well, yeah, you mentioned they're they, doing they something out. right. Now, speaking of sellouts, uh, are in our own backyard here in Winnipeg, there's Winnipeg Pro Wrestling that is going to have their second event since the pandemic on June 10th. And it's called, what is it called? Oh, behave. Oh, behave. After Austin Powers. Okay, so doesn't a, a cry for help to get me to behave? It could be. Yeah, it, no it, kidding. It, oh, behave, comma, Mike Davidson. Yeah, please, well, Mike you, Davidson, you see don't that, rib you see, that on a, you see that on every poster. You walk into 7-Eleven. You, <laughs> you Wanted, dead, or alive. You see that everywhere. So Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, they are doing, they're holding events at a very iconic venue at West End Cultural Center in Winnipeg. Some really impressive bands have played there. And they're going to have their second sellout. You couldn't buy a ticket. The t- show's on June 10th. You it's, can't buy yeah, a ticket right up. now. If I if I contact a promoter or the booker and I said, you know what, you know, as an alumni or a guy who's, you know, a former booker wrestler, can I get a, can I get a comp? Can I get a, a ticket? I bet you they'd tell me, hey, we just don't have it. No, I don't I don't think they're doing any comps either. Like, I think they're, no, they're, I think, I think they're legit selling out. Yeah. Now, I have a theory, and I'm going to talk about them a little bit at length now, because I'm putting everybody over, Chris. Why That's not? what I try to do. I don't want to job people out or, 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 or as Ex- I like to say, me. dump on them. I do dump on you, Chris, but I love you. Yeah. I love you. Um, but... Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, their second sellout, and they obviously have a market. They obviously have a group. It's a ticket-buying group that is supporting their product. Now, they're going to have to grow. And I'm already working on a a segment that's going to be, like, regular, where I talk about Western Canada and what I think is going to happen in the second half of 2022. And I'm going to be talking about Winnipeg Pro Wrestling a lot. Because if you're selling out relatively easy, and I think the venue holds 350 you might have to look at going to a bigger venue. Yeah, and they I think they should because because oh. didn't they start out at like the Sherbrooke? I think so. Which is a hotel. I don't hotel remember what they were doing before. It was the very pandemic. small. Uh, and so they've moved up now to the west. They've already moved up now. Yeah. In terms of venue, but if they're selling out now, if they can keep the momentum, I mean don't do it tomorrow. Well, you but it, after a couple more shows if you are consistently selling out, then it is time to look for a bigger room. Well, and you can't be reckless about it. You got to be you got to be calculating about it. So you sold out two shows in a row. If you sell out the third in a row, you either have to look at moving to a bigger venue and you want it to be a venue you can you can ho- still sell out or adding second dates and doing Friday Saturday. Yeah, you could do that, I suppose. Yeah, if you think you've got the market for it and if you had the right talent. But whatever they're doing, it's working. And I'm I'm Absolutely. really doing like I am doing my homework here. So that when I talk about what I think they should do in the second half of 2022, that it'll be well thought out and maybe stuff they haven't thought about. One thing that I got, somebody reached out to me from Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, and, and I got to tell you, the promoters who have reached out to me, I'm grateful for it. Yes. Because keep, I'm not keep, here keep talking coming. for an hour just so that, just for my own amusement. A lot of this is about pieces of advice that they can act on or insight or something. Just if I can make them think one thing every episode, if, if, if enough wrestling wrestlers and promoters do it i'm going to be pretty proud of myself and in this case he said you know there's a few things that he he's picked up from what what i've said and i really appreciated that i think he's going to be floored at what i think the second half of 2022 looks like for winnipeg pro wrestling i was talking to good time gord one of my best friends and he um he follows wrestling enough, like he's got good insights, good yeah. instincts. Even though he he was a mid card wrestler, he could have moved up the card. Uh, and I'll tell that story 
in a second. But he said, do you think the name Winnipeg Pro Wrestling hurts them? And I said, mm, I would think that if if they were running at low, low end in Bush yeah. League, I might think that. But actually, it's a callback to Houston wrestling of the early 80s. Right. So there's nothing wrong with calling it Winnipeg Pro Wrestling if that's where you're going to run and you're just going to build your market uh, in Winnipeg. And if you could build it like Paul Bosch built Houston, yeah, nothing absolutely. wrong with that. I think it's got a great throwback feel. Their graphics look a lot like 1993 WCW. Yep. It looks amazing. Check them out online. Check them out on social media, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling. And even I have a feeling you're going to hear a lot more good things about them. I agree. Yeah, so yep. two sellouts is impressive. Either They're either going to outgrow their venue or they're going to have to expand and do two nights. And they're not the only game in town either. Like, oh, of course like not. There, there's We're so going to talk about somebody else right away. There's so much going on in, in Winnipeg Pro Wrestling right now. Like, like you sort of... I don't know if you predicted it or not, but you you kind of posited uh, in the first episode that we're going to see a, a real big re resurgence in pro wrestling. I don't know if we're seeing the resurgence. What I it's thought it's starting was, to happen. It's beginning. Yeah. I, what I, I what my point was is I thought that every promoter is going to try to strike when the iron's hot coming out of the pandemic, and that's yeah. exactly what I'm seeing. But it's, they're doing it well. In some cases, yeah. Uh, CWE just had Big Vito in this weekend, and congratulations to Danny for that. Um, and there's some question whether Big Vito was a big enough name to warrant the flight. And I'm not going to disrespect Paul, Big Vito, but, you know, like, I think IRS, Erwin R. Scheister, is a bigger name. He's got him coming to Saskatchewan for four dates. I think they'll do well with him. CWE is amazing. Yeah. They run, like, I think they've got something like eight, nine, ten dates a month right now. Yeah. Like, and that's all Danny does is stuff that calendar full. And because that's how he makes his living. He's, he's, the, he's, he's the best at it, though. Like, he's he's the best right now, anyway, because he, he's... See, you're really going out hard. on a limb here. I'm not going to say anybody's better than anybody. No, I don't mean in the in Canada. I just mean, like, locally, in terms of... Again, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to... I'm not going on a limb here. I will. I'm not saying it's the best show. Remember, I'm just saying his work ethic's the best. I said, you can't give this guy advice, because he'll just tell you, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Well, he clearly knows what he's doing on some things, because he's, he's adding the dates... And the thing is, like, the thing that Danny does is he 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 really likes to put a feature on every show, big name on every yeah. show that he can. So IRS for four dates, Big Vito just did two. Um, I'm sure there's going to be other names he he announces for for his. And what he puts together is these mini tours, four or five dates in part of his territory. His territory is huge, massive. It goes two thousand miles. There is not a bigger territory other than WWE and AEW, and that's only because of the the nature of their business model. But his territory is huge in the amount of dates he runs. So. If you're an independent wrestler anywhere in North America who's got any kind of talent or any ambition to improve rapidly, here's what you need to do. You need to get booked in Western Canada. And they, uh, don't roll your eyes and say, oh, Western Canada. Quite honestly, here's the thing. Western Canada has right now Can-Am Wrestling in Alberta is running at least three or four dates a month. CWE is running seven or eight or nine dates a month. Real Canadian wrestling in Alberta is running like eight shows a month minimum. They're doing Calgary and Edmonton weekly, yep. Friday and Saturday. PCW, I think, is going to run monthly, right? So that's almost like, that's sporadic. Like yeah. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling is going to run once a month or once every five or six weeks. 3D Wrestling is going to run. Like, I don't know what their schedule is. So it's like, how are the small guys, and I'm no, let me rephrase that. How are the guys that aren't running a schedule going to keep up with the CWEs and the uh, 
and the uh, Can-Am wrestlings that are running incredible dates. But my point is, if and, and you know who did this was Chase Owens before he went to New Japan. He was coming up and getting well, his experience in Western Canada. And I was gonna, I was gonna mention that there have been a bunch of guys who have come up and gone on to, you know, make good names for themselves. You know who's in Japan right now? Who you said is a pariah in the wrestling business? Who's that? Michael Elgin. He's good, in. Good he's with him. pro wrestling. He's a pariah. What do you mean? I said Stop. he is. No, no. I'm gonna stick up for Michael. I don't know what the personal situation is, and I, I don't. I'm only gonna grade him on his wrestling ability. I'm not grading him on his personal situation. I'm just saying what it is. Yeah, well, he's, he's a, a, he's pariah. a, he's a pariah. How I'm not he's saying. with pro wrestling Noah? Hey, Michael, if you're listening, because I know you're my friend and you might listen, Chris Maxwell, I can give you his address. I'm at his house right now. I, I've met <laughs> Michael before. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but back to the point of what I was getting at. If you're any good, if you believe in yourself, here's what you need to do. Talk to Danny Warren, Danny Duggan, get booked with CWE. Talk to Vinny Fever, get booked with Can-Am. Talk to Steven Uischek. I hope I said his name right. It's E-W-A-S. Yeah, I'm not, I've never been clear on how to say it. I think it's U.S. Chuck. Yeah. Anyway, talk to him and get on his two weekly shows uh, every, every week, every Friday, Saturday. Get yourself to Western Canada. Guess what? There's guys that will put you up at their, at their house in their b- spare bedroom for next to nothing and get a, get a ton of dates. And if you're as good as you think you are, and I don't care if you're from Texas, Florida, the, the Northeast, the tri-state area in, in, in the Eastern United States, if you're from Oregon, if you're from Minnesota, if you're as good as you think you are, you're going to shine in this territory and you're going to make money. I don't know how much money you're going to make, but you're going to have a chance. You're, you're going to work get a better ton of too. dates. You're going to get better. Of course, you're going to be in the ring all the time. So where are you? Come to Western Canada. Absolutely. 20-year Canadian indie wrestling veteran Rob Stardom has done it all, wrestling in Japan, Mexico, and many places in between. But he's winding down his career. He's not done yet, though. Follow along on the journey of Canadian strong style Rob Stardom as he checks a few more things off his bucket list. Check out the Rob Stardom vlog on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com and search Rob Stardom vlog. And don't forget to leave a comment saying the Total Bee She's podcast sent you. Okay, Chris, we're about to break a rule here. Um, Uh Uh-oh. You're not supposed to drink and podcast. But we have to break the rule because we've got friends finally. We do. Yeah, so I have to thank our friends at Tap and Rail. They carry over 20, and this isn't a spot. They're just our friends who sent us a gift. But our friends at Tap and Rail, who they actually have 20 different brands of beer. And today, they sent us a couple of cans over of Parallel 49 to have a sip while we talk wrestling and tell funny stories. I couldn't wait. Oh, you cracked yours the second I put it on the table, which was like 20 minutes ago now. And I've been waiting to have my first sip. So I'm going to do that. Sorry that you have to listen to this. But please bear with me. Go ahead. Oh, yes. I love beer. Yeah. And this one is really good. Parallel 49. Thank you, Tap and Rail, for sending those over. Um, maybe you'll consider sponsoring us. We could have like two or four cans a week, and we'd be pretty happy about that. R- r- absolutely. If you send me four cans in the amount of time that I take to tell my stories, I'll be totally, I'll be totally drunk by the end of it, and then it's going to be really good. And what about a custom B-She's beer? I mean, I'm looking down the road here. I'm looking big time. But You want a white label of I, beer? I want a B-She's beer. Total. I'm, you know, somebody said I was the king of the B-She'sers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I might get that on a shirt. But anyway, so... Th- 
remember that parallel 49 parallel 49 it, if you see that when you're at the vendor or if you're at the liquor mart you see it buy it because i just tried it and i love it it's delicious and i've been i've been sipping on mine the whole time i can say completely i i love the beer it's yes great. and they are not an official sponsor of our show no i want to make that clear n- not yet this was a gift because i made i made the the rep laugh so he said hey i'm going to send you a couple beers because he's enjoyed our podcast yep. and that's all it takes I'll talk about you for sending me a couple of beers. There you go. Um, what are we going to... Oh, Heels. Remember, we got to talk turnbuckle rating. That's right. So episode two of Heels, I gave it 8.5 turnbuckles out of 12. And I don't. we're not going to argue how many turnbuckles. The scale is 12. There are 12 turnbuckles on a standard ring. So episode three of Heels, and I'm going to continue to give you the insight of, would this really happen in the real world? Because the... Actually, let me be very fair. The r- world of independent wrestling at a local level isn't like the real world. So you're going to think, hey, if that really happens in the real world or not, I'll let you know. Here, let's hear it, Chris. What did you see on episode three? All right. Episode three, uh, I like this one the best so far. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because it sort of fills in some of the backstory that we don't know Do you about. know why you like it the most? I just told you because it fills in some of the backstory. Do you know why? I, I think it just burped in the mic. Do, do I know why they there. fill in the backstory? Yeah. Uh, you know why? Because they've already established the characters in episode one and two. So now they get m- more heavier on story. And remember, I said in episode one, hey, they're heavy on characters. You've got to bear with them. They got the characters established. We all know that who Ace is and we know who Jack is. Ace and Jack Spade. And... So now in episode three, we're getting to the story. So take it away, All right, so we're getting into the meat of it this time. Uh, They're they're showing the real meat. (laughs) Uh, They're showing Tom Spade, the father of both Ace and Jack. He's out running. He runs home. He kills himself. Yeah, he He shot himself. He falls over the step, and then he is found by his, his son, Ace. Yeah, and that's that's the opening Sad moment. Opening credits to the show. It sort of fills in a little bit about Ace's personality and why he's maybe a little bit of a you know little sensitive about some things. So I wonder if that was supposed to be based on Eddie Graham, because mm. Eddie Graham shot himself Super Bowl Sunday, nineteen eighty five. I think it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. It, it it leaves a lot more questions too. Like why was he out working out and then? Yeah, because I think about like suicides in the wrestling business of any kind of fame. And you think, and it's a, sorry to be a dark topic, but like Carrie Von Eric, yeah, and Eddie Graham with, with right. bullet wounds. Who am I, who would I be? Mike Graham also did it. Yeah, um, but like if that was a throwback to somebody, I wonder if that was meant to be a, a callback to Eddie Graham. I'm not sure if it was meant to be. I don't. Well, I, I don't feel like it. There's a reason why that's the way that they decided to. It wasn't a heart attack, and it wasn't like. Pill popping. Well, no, they, they've they've got the story arc all mapped out. I mean, well, you you don't say uh, like yeah. that's how a dramatic series they, works. They know how it's they know Thanks how tips. it's they, well. They know how it's going to go. That's why it wasn't a, a heart right. attack or a, yeah. So a stroke. Jack Spade. Okay, so Jack, no, not Jack Spade. Jack Spade's the son. What's King King Spade? King Spade is, is the cards. Yeah, just remember the cards. Playing so, cards. So Dave. he passed away, and it's a suicide gunshot okay okay so we g- we get into the show jack calls up a name that he's bringing in this is right off the top so i'm not skipping over anything here yeah ricky rabies played by cm punk uh who does a good job in the in the show playing so they probably listened to last week's episode of total b she's and decided hey we got to book in a name because they, that's what mike davidson th- said that's right they're like davidson said book a name so let's call cm punk the biggest name in the yeah, world ricky rabies ricky rabies and so they're bringing him in and he's sort of playing like Kind of a grimy 80s. He had an aged wrestler. Yeah, an aged wrestler. Yeah, they they kind of allude to he's past his prime and over the hill. I thought CM Punk 
killed it. He, I thought he was I good. thought his was acting good. was very solid, and the way he portrayed the character, I thought he added a lot to the show. Ricky Rabies was great. I, I agree. I'm hoping to see Ricky Rabies back. I actually, when I was watching the show the first time around, when it first came out, I was kind of hoping that we would see an arc with Ricky Rabies because I thought CM Punk did a, an excellent job. I wonder if that's maybe something they're going to lead to in, ep- in season two, maybe. That would be that would Assuming be that cool. he doesn't come back in the rest of season one. I, I, I mean, he'd be, he'd be well worth it to bring in. Yeah. So um, we, we move along uh, to Ace. He's practicing his uh, his his sort of redemption promo. Yeah. Because he wants to be a baby face yeah. in the worst way, even though nobody in the world, uh, that world, wants that, to see him as a baby face. So that Ace Spade, he doesn't become any more likable as the episodes go on. So he's, um, one of the things he says, he gets hot at Jack because you're bringing in Ricky Rabies. You guys are going to be the main event. He, I'm supposed to be the main event. He's losing his mind. I've seen it so many times where wrestlers wanted to go deeper in the card. And he's cutting this promo into the mirror. That's very realistic. Pro- that's yeah. how that's how guys learn their promo. A lot of guys, you'll see them walking around the back, and then just they're working the lines out in their head. And then you'll see guys that actually go into character and try to cut it in front of a mirror. That's how you learn how to cut a promo. I didn't think his promo was that good, though. No, it sucked. It, and Crystal kind of she alluded to like I'd like you to go in another direction with it. She wants of, him to be a heel. She wants him to be a heel. He does not want to be a heel. He, he doesn't want to be a heel. She, but she says maybe a little bit less heroic and positive, and 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 that's when Jack interrupts and says, "I love it because he's he's a master manipulator. That's what we're finding out. That's not what you want to be as a booker. Uh, but that's what he is. You do not want to be setting up your own talent when you're the booker. You want to be trying to get the guys to where they need to go mentally to portray the character the way that you need them to creatively. You do not want to be working against a guy psychologically. It's an absolute nightmare because you're going to kill the guy's confidence. And so Jack has handled Ace as a booker very, very badly. Sit him down one-on-one and say, here's the finish line of where we're going to go to. Here's what we have to do in the meantime and get buy-in. But Jack is, he's a, he's a dick. He doesn't know how to book. He doesn't know how to book, but he tries to smooth things over with his little brother by making amends and, and, and giving him this big speech about, we're building something here and you'll be a star here and you'll get lost in the show. Reminds me of a booker I had when I worked for the CWF, Ernie Todd. Ernie Todd was like the promoter and he had a booker who was kind of greasy like that and was always working an agenda every time he talked to talent. And the talent caught on soon enough and knew the talent. The booker was a manipulator, and he lost his credibility in the market because of it. Okay, so we're moving on from there. Willie, she's concerned about Ricky Rabies because of some internet feedback, which is very apropos of our time. Um, But... What was the internet feedback? Well, ju- just that he's gory because he, he does this gore thing. Because of the blood. The blood, yeah. Yeah, a lot of promoters now don't want to And he's use expensive as well. Yeah. That, that was something they sort of nailed home, that he's an expensive name to He drove in. in. It can't be that bad. There was no airfare. And and, and in, in Duffy Wrestling League, expensive is probably two bills, 200 bucks. But um, so a lot of promoters now don't want to use color or blood or blading or whatever you want to call it and we'll call it what it is because our audience knows what we're talking about um and i kind of agree um i think you can use blood as a as a creative element i think all elite was using it a little too much early going yeah and i think it, it it's a law of diminishing returns but i think um in this case where like she's like oh he's gonna ble-, him coming in as a guest star as a name and bleeding, I don't think the people would get behind it, right? And I, I think that's what 
That's what Willie was trying to say. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a couple little little points here too as well that 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 are worth mentioning. Um, Jack's trying to get more funding for the DWL from this sort of greasy sl- sponsor. Slick, owns a pawn shop yeah. and is a preacher. And, and he's a preacher. He's a slick guy, and and the guy wants wants him to do a commercial with him just like his dad did. And it's you know it's very, and, very and Jack's not not having it. But no. let me tell you, in independent wrestling. Getting sponsors is hard. That's actually one of the things CWE and Danny Duggan have gotten really good at, and so is Can Am in, in Calgary. But um, you really have to pander to the well. Pander is a bad word, but you really have to impress upon a sponsor that the X amount of dollars they're giving you, they're going to see value back big time. And in this case, if the if he's only got one sponsor, if that sponsor wants whatever he wants, if you you add you show the value and you do it. Yeah. You need the sponsor. And Jack's kind of resistant to it because I think Jack's got that mindset that he's bigger than he actually is. And that's part of what adds to the drama of the show. Because in independent wrestling, the guys think they're bigger than they are. I could give, yeah. I could name examples, but they get mad and think I'm taking a dump on them. But it's a big thing in independent wrestling. Uh, so with the locker room, we talked about turmoil the previous week. This week, it's sort of back to normal, except for Rooster. He's still very much got his uh, his hackles up, so to speak. He feels frustrated, and especially now that Bobby Pins, the green guy. Bobby Pin, I don't think it's plural. Anyway, what what did, what are we saying about Rooster? So Rooster is is upset because Bobby Pin yes, is getting his shot. Pins is getting his pin. shot. Rooster still has not had his shot at the belt that he feels like he he rightly deserves. Does Rooster know it's a work? Well, That's my question. Now, hey, when you start to have a one malcontent in a locker room, you're in trouble because one turns to two really fast, and you're going to have a morale issue in your locker room. I've seen it. Um, and in this case, in Rooster's just hanging his head and upset at his push. Ugh, in independent wrestling, it happens far too often. It's only one guy can be champion. And in any match, one guy wins and one guy loses. you got to learn not to care so much. And Rooster's selling like you wouldn't believe. He, he is selling big time. Um, from there, they go on to uh, Jack and Ace talking to Ricky Rabies. Oh, Crystal's there as well. Ricky yes. Rabies uh, it gets introduced with his son Wolfgang and yes. his valet, who is sort of played off like, hey, this is, um, this is my girl, right? This is yes. my, my valet. And Ace is perturbed because he's bringing in blood, and and this is family. And he's going to lose the main event to Ricky Rabies and Jack Spade. Yes, exactly. What he thinks again? Why are these guys so worried about main event? Let me tell you, when you want to when you want to work on an indie show, you want to work early in the night when the crowd's really hot, and you want to really impress them to start the show because the booker knows that first match is really important because it sets a statement. Main event. When I booked, I always wanted the the big angle at the end of the show. And I wanted the opener to be the match that was going to capture people right off the get-go. So, yeah. you, so your best wrestlers go out early in the opener. And your angle, whatever the angle is, the big angle is, that's going to go on last. So in this case, in this case, because a name comes in, usually a name goes on top. But Ace being upset about it, like he just doesn't have, he's, I don't, I can't even make it make sense. These guys, I want my push. I want to be in the main event. I want a title belt. If I dealt with that as a booker, I'd lose my mind. And he goes on and on and on about it. Like just he, like I just did. Yeah, like he's he's going to his brother, and his brother argues, you know, Jack argues that Ricky's just here to put people in the seats, which is really That's true. exactly it's why really you book true. a name. Exactly. It's really true. It's not even something that should he be. He said it perfectly, too. He said, Ricky Rabies draws them in, and you win them over, basically. Something like that. You yes. wow them. 
And so he's trying to say to Ace, and that's the psychology when you bring in a name. The name draws people who are casual fans to your show and your talent, your best guys uh, on that local scale have to impress those people who are coming for the first time, sampling it that, oh, that, those wrestlers were really good. Ace yeah. is in a position to excel in this situation, but he doesn't get it. Uh, quick part, we'll gloss over. Stacy Spade, the, the very attractive wife of Jack Spade. Oh, yeah. Uh, Allison she, Luff. She's out with her friends. They want to go see the wrestling. We're not glancing over this. <laughs> I talked about this. I well, talked about that's, this. That's why I want to gloss over. Yes. So do you know, this is what happened. She brought three friends or four friends with her? Three. Three. So it was four girls come to the show, and one of them's married to the one of the wrestlers. Do you know how quickly the boys would have been all over the other three? Oh, yeah. Is she married? Is she is she happy? Would she cheat on her husband? Uh, which one's single? Introduce me to the one that's single. That's how every independent wrestler would be, and it doesn't happen. And her friends love it. They get a hoot out of it. And um, and you could tell, like, uh, Allison Love, what's her, what's her name? Jack's wife? What's uh, her Stacy. Stacy. She's not proud of the fact that Jack's a wrestler. No, she was embarrassed. And that's real life. A lot of times yeah. women are married to wrestlers and they're like yeah my husband does this but they don't they're not proud of it they're not into it yeah and and that's sort of what she is and her friends actually respect it and they actually are, are floored by the entertainment value i've seen that dozens of times okay so they also introduced this stupid game that, uh, that a lot of people played in college called icing where you hide an ice uh um what does that ice drink the vodka smirnoff ice, ice. smirnoff ice no yeah. shout out to the sponsor they're not a sponsor they're not a sponsor and honestly smirnoff ice is okay but it's not as good as parallel 49 it's garbage water <laughs> uh, I, hold it don't I, don't what if they want to sponsor you don't say bad things well, th about th anybody th then i then i will i like smirnoff ice smirnoff ice is pretty good i would drink it if it was here but right now i'm drinking parallel 49 which parallel is 49 really good Really good. It's not like that garbage water. Hold it. <laughs> you know, like we might need to sell them on a sponsorship one day, and they're going to be like, "Hey, I listened to episode four and that Chris Maxwell guy." Come on now. We, we've we've since fired him. Oh. I'll, I'll go by Miguel Sanchez. No, you'll go by Mark Cross. Mark or, Cross or Henry Hank Ross. All right, Mike. This is too much fun. But you know what? I think it's time to do right now. I think it's time to check our voicemails. Hit the button. Hello, Mike Davidson, you stooge. Just calling to let you know I've been checking out the Total Bees She's podcast. And I just uh, noticed you made reference to contemplating bringing back that piece, that rug that you would put on your hair. Now listen up, stooge. There ain't no m amount of glue. I don't give a shit if it's crazy glue. I don't care if it's that Gorilla Glue. Come hell or high water, I will rip that ugly rug off your head, and I will drown it in my pool. That's just giving you a little heads up. Also, your co-host there, Chris, not so neon Dion Maxwell. Tell him to pipe up a bit, and when he does pipe up, tell that fool to have his goddamn facts straight. I'm tired of him getting things wrong. And another thing, quit being so bloody obvious. In all these damn podcasts, I'm sitting there listening to them. I want to sit there. I've been giving you thanks tips about 15 times every show. For the love of God, help me. Okay, so Rooster's, you know, he's frustrated in the back. Bobby's trying to ice him. That's why I brought it up. Yes. He's trying to ice what him. A, and that's supposed to show the ribbing in the back and yeah, they're like laughing about it. God. That's what I wanted to get at. Like, that's their ribs. Like, that was ridiculous. Like I would tear them apart way. in ribbing. 
Donnie DiCaprio would tear them apart in ribbing. Danny Duggan would rib them so badly that they'd all quit the business if they think that's a good rib. Like, that is the... the so basically the idea is Rooster's taking a, a, a piss in the urinal. Why do we have to mention pissing in every episode? Anyway, Rooster's taking a piss in the urinal and Bobby Pin laughs because he had already slipped the Smirnoff ice in there and then... And then Rooster's mad. How am I going to touch this? It's, you know, pissed all over it, basically. It's not a funny rib. It's, it's actually lame as can be, but they get off on it. All right, so we're moving on from that. Um, Vicky's giving advice to Crystal to go and help your man type thing. Ba- that's basically stand by your man. So Vicky is uh, Ricky Raby's manager. That's right. Yeah. A- and so she's sort of playing it off like she's still playing it off like she's the She's the girlfriend type yeah. thing. She's the one. So she's telling Crystal, you know, go help your man, give him a shoulder rub, make <laughs> get him ready. So she does. She goes and gives him a shoulder rub. and But it's it's not romantic. Like you can tell she wants it to be like a romantic type thing, but it seems very, very forced and contrived. Because Ace is so f- into himself. Yeah, he can. The fact that he's sleeping with Crystal is an afterthought to him. Yeah. yeah. It's like the actual act of sex to him is just something. There's no emotional attachment. None at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's hoping it's going to be, you know, romantic. He kind of checks out her outfit for her and, you know, tries to pay it back sort of, but, mm-hmm. like, it's weak. And I've seen it before where, like, you'll have a female around the show as, like, a valet or a manager, and one of the guys is with her, and he tries to downplay it in front of the boys. I, and that's sort of what they're playing off with Ace and Crystal. It's it, She wants it to be more, but I don't get the vibe. He wants it to be anything. No, no, not at all. So he, he goes out for his big promo that he's, in his mind, it's going to be his triumphant baby face promo. Yes. And the and the fans and the crowd just go, <laughs> you know, they just fart all over it. Like, they're, they're, they're not having it. And nobody, nobody thought, like, except for him, that it was going to go well. Even Crystal was like, eh, maybe you should try something else. Like, nobody thought. It was going to go well, and it didn't. I've seen it a million times where in a guy's head, he thinks it's going to work, and he's swimming upstream, and he can't figure out why it didn't work. And in this case, it's the, the people don't have enough in Ace to get behind him as a baby face. So they, they healed him. Yeah, they healed him. And, and one person yells out, you're a crybaby, and throws tissues in the ring. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, we're like, we're seeing... Willie says, it looks like an effing blizzard out yeah, there. Yeah, we're seeing these t- these packages of tissues that have shown up out of the blue yeah. flying into the ring. Yeah, because he cries. Yeah, because he cries. But he's, how he's did they baby. get there? How did they get there? Earlier in the show, something that people would have missed, and we didn't talk about specifically for this reason, because it would have tipped it off. You see, at the very start of the show, Jack taking in a case yes, of tissues. To a, to a fan, so it's a plant. Exactly. It's and, the, and the one who screams at him is the plant that he gave it to. The plant screams at him, and Jack f- you know, solicits so th- this So this is thing. the booker manipulating his talent, who happens to be his brother, just screwing around for the sake of screwing around. Like, this guy shouldn't book. He shouldn't even he shouldn't even be allowed to play WWE 2K whatever on on PlayStation because he he has no concept how to run a locker room and honestly someone should beat him up if a booker was pulling that crap and I've seen bookers do stupid things as a booker I personally really didn't ever really want to screw around that bad um, I'd rib but I wouldn't I wouldn't jeopardize the credibility of the show by trying to manipulate something like that. Book what you want to see happen. Let the guys know and produce them to do it. That's what you do, but not not Jack Spade. He's he'd rather min- mentally torture people. I, and I think you know, honestly, if either of those guys were in a, a locker room for real, they would both get a beat down. 
Mike Davidson's taking a, another sip of his parallel forty nine. Parallel forty nine. <laughs> starting to hit me. That's our, it's oh, it's starting to hit him. Um, so the crux of the whole acing is like he goes to the back. He wants to yell at Jack about this. Uh, he doesn't know it's been set up, but he's still the petulant little brother. So he's going to go yell at his big brother. Yeah. The whole crux of the thing was that his dad was a face, so he has to be a face. That's really what I think it is. Ah, oh, sounds like the Von Erics. Um, yeah. Com- completely. It, if, if it's going to work as him as a heel, he's got to go as a heel. Like, if the fans aren't buying you as a babyface, it's like if a babyface slaps a fan, you got to turn him heel. There's really no way you're going to sell him as a babyface. In this case, the guy was going around being a jerk, and that's why he's got to be a heel. So, so Jack hits him with, you know, Dad knew you were home. That's why he killed himself then. He hits him with that. It's pretty heavy. And, and I was just like, ooh. Why would you say it? Well, yeah, like like he's such a mental manipulator. Like, he's the heel. I think he went to the Vance Nevada School of Running a Locker Room. Whoa, whoa, Vance Nevada. That's a live round, Vance but it's Nevada true. Vance Nevada is a good friend. Let him be your Total friend, Beach, and I like Total him. Beach's I like podcast. him. But Vance Nevada used to do things. I'll give you an example. Sorry to yeah, break no, off from no, heels. let's go. I got to give you an example. Vance Nevada always had an agenda when he booked, and it was always stupid like he treated adam knight like crap he made him shave his head he called him yogi donovan to try to do just degrade him as a rookie um he he was not the kind of guy that and even to this day with me he'll never come to me and say hey i've got heat with you he'll write a book and and slag me every which way but he'd never come out and say hey i got heat with you i'll say it on this podcast i'd say it to his face that i that i don't you know that i question some of his judgments there was always a political agenda with Vance Nevada's book. So I'm wondering if the writers of Heels got to know Vance Nevada and were like, that's the way Vance Nevada booked. Let's make Jack Spade book that way. He- Heels based there off Vance There was always Nevada. something. Like, he punished Steve Stryker for no reason. And he would, like, just play games. And it, it was exhausting. Well, I mean, Steve Stryker's very punishable. Oh, I love Steve Stryker. I actually was the benefactor of Vance acting like that because when... So Vance booked, say, let's say 1995 until around 2001, and he always played that game. He always had a guy he was picking on in the locker room, and he, if you, he had a driver because he didn't have a driver's license. So, like, if you were the rookie on the crew, you had to drive him around. And if one night you couldn't drive him around, you were going to get jobbed out. Like, he was awful. And, like, I could give example after example of, of stupid things he did, but he was, he was a total peckerhead with the book. And he, everyone was pissed off. So I had learned by being around pro sports, or at that time, like, junior sports, but at sports at a high level, that as a coach, you want to motivate people, right? So a booker should be like, hey, guys, I want you to buy into my vision. Here is my vision. Here's what I see for you. Here's where we're going. Here's what we want to accomplish together. That's what a booker does. He should motivate people behind his vision, and then guys want to do it. Vance Nevada, I don't even think, had a vision. I'm sorry to rip on him. He's my cousin, <laughs> and people get mad that I rip on him because people think I've got a I, I've got a grudge against him. I really don't. It's all based on reality and history. And you know what? He can write a book. I've got a podcast. He can have a thousand people buy his book. I'm going to have a thousand people listen to my podcast. You want to throw stones? Let's throw stones, mother effer. Oh, <laughs> you were worried there, eh? I saw the eyes get uh, big. I did because I thought you. I was like, oh, now, get now the I'm not off Vance Nevada yet. So remember oh. where we are at heels. Vance, if you ever get the book again, don't be a child. Don't be childish, right? That's what Jack Spade's doing here. He's pulling strings on Ace to screw with him, and it's so wrong. He made Adam Knight shave his head. I think he tried to get him to work in trunks. 
and he called him Yogi Donovan and treated him like crap, treated him like crap all the time. Now, I, you hear me talk about Adam Knight. Clearly, there's something there, and yeah. we'll get to it. <laughs> but when you're booking your talent, tell them what they're doing right, build on them, don't play games with them, and don't, like, I'll give you an, another example. In 1999, he took over the book. There was, Jeez Weez had the best look, and he was a baby face. But because Vance Nevada wanted to be a bigger baby face, rather than run with Sh- Jeff Lawless, Shane Madison, at the top of the card, who's going to be a better baby face? Vance with the book, the only way he could be a top baby face was to bury Shane Madison. Yeah. You know what that is? That's inferiority complex, buddy. That is what, exactly what it is. And bookers do it all the time. Oh, I'm Booker and I want to be a heavyweight. I want to be a heavyweight champion. So they book themselves as a top guy. That's what Jack Spade is doing. 100%. So Jack Spade went to the Vance Nevada School of, of Wrestling Booking. Now, do we want to talk about Vance as a historian? No. I've, I've killed that point. Yeah, you've already nailed that home previous Treated episode. Treated Steve Stryker like garbage. If you missed that, was you always can check at, it out. Always at odds with his promoter. Now I'm going to tell a Wayne Stanton story. Okay. So Wayne Stanton was the first guy who gave Vance Nevada the book. Okay? And that was in October of 1995. By January of 1996, Wayne had realized he made a bit of a mistake. This is a good story. Yes. So here's what happens. I like this one. So Wayne is Wayne has decided like something isn't working. So Wayne's kind of like, okay, well, Vance at the time was like 18, 19 years old, in a little bit over his head. So Wayne's kind of giving him the hook, trying to pull him in. Vance is pushing back. No, no promoter's going to tell me. Promoters are marks. I, I know everything about wrestling was sort of Vance Nevada's attitude. So Wayne is like, I don't like what you're booking. <laughs> Shout out to Wayne Stanton. I wish he was here to have a parallel 49. Yes. I'll get to that in a second. I'm all over the place today. Striker's getting hot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Vance is like, Vance is like just being a dick to Wayne Stanton. Like not listening to Wayne. Wayne's the boss. The yeah, promoter is the 100%. boss. And he's like, they're not getting on the same page. Well, guess what? The promoter calls the shots. He's the one who's putting the money up. So anyway, it leads to Wayne Stanton calls a crew meeting. <sighs> I'm channeling my inner Wayne now. So here's what happens. He calls, he's in front of the locker room and Vance is sitting there and Wayne is like, I made a mistake. Everyone said Vance Nevada was inexperienced (laughs) and everyone said he was in over his head and everyone said he couldn't handle it. Well, it's on me because I said he could and I was wrong. Vance couldn't handle it. So he basically fires Vance in front of the, and he says, "I'm, I'm shutting down River City Wrestling because I just don't have confidence in the booker. And that was like the first show in January 1996. And then he leaves the room. We're all deflated, right? And Vance is just sitting there in the room, just completely castrated. But Wayne had every reason to do that to him because Vance was being difficult. So what does Vance do? Vance doesn't take it and grow from it. Vance decides he's going to double-cross Wayne. So Vance goes to Wayne and wants to buy him out. So Wayne gives him the most favorable deal of all time. He's going to sell him River City Wrestling, for $500, including oh a ring. God. And at that time, Wayne Stanton had Shaw Cable. Sorry to go off on a tangent here. Don't no. forget where we are at no, Heels. I'm, I'm ready. So Wayne agrees to sell him River City Wrestling for $500. Now, Wayne kind of knew something was up because Vance Nevada didn't have a nickel to his name. How did he come up with $500 in 1996? Which would be like close to $1,000 now. Still, I could come Super up with cheap. that. Yeah, I could come up with that out of my Dairy Queen money. Yeah. Anyway. And I don't mean I work at Dairy Queen. I mean I spend about $1,000 <laughs> in the summer at Dairy Queen. Just so we're clear, people are like, Mike Davidson's working at Dairy Queen. Mike Davidson. That wasn't the, Wayne Stanton's the, the voice there, chill. So, yeah. Grill and chill. Anyway, so Vance went to the rival promoter, 
Stanton got $500. Badlands Championship Wrestling, Rick Lackey, gave Wayne Stanton $500 and said he was going to own River City Wrestling. It was a double cross. He basically sold it to, to Stanton's competitor. Stanton finds out he's not happy. Okay, now we're going to get some fireworks. So Wayne walks up to Vance after a show and he said, I guess I'll be seeing you in court. And hands him papers. He's taking him to court. He wants the name yes. back. And I guess they settled it out of court. Vance handed it back. They became friends because in 97 at Vance Nevada's wedding, where I was in the wedding party, believe it or not, Wayne Stanton was there. But anyway, I'm saying Wayne got wrong, wronged. I'm comparing Jack Spade to Vance Nevada and very effectively. And Vance will probably take that as a compliment. But Vance was a child. He was a he was a child. Okay, so let's move on. Let's get back into heels here. Yes. You sorry, got, sorry, got, sorry. You got yourself all I guess I'll be seeing you in court, Chris. <laughs> That's what's going to happen to us. Yeah, yeah, we and are. I'm going to sound like Wayne Stanton when I serve you with papers. You're serving me. I'm serving you. Because <laughs> you're a coward. I'm just going to take a quick sip of uh, my parallel, parallel 49. 49. Yes, and then we're going to finish up with heels. Okay, so let's wrap up heels right now. Uh, they get into the big match. It's uh, it Jack facing off with Ricky. Uh, Stacy's friends are overjoyed for the match because obviously after they just saw Kleenexes thrown at ace yes i mean it's pretty easy to they set the bar low so they were fluffed up because they were drinking yeah. they were drinking wine so th they this were. is why the boys should have been hitting on them because the single one would have been all over it and it was clear uh, ricky makes his entrance he's got a, a drone that's covered in a, a possum it's it shoots blood out at uh, jack that's the whole you know whatever i don't know i i didn't i thought it was unnecessary but whatever it got it got got over i guess um while the match is going on apocalypse gets a video this is the most important part of the whole show for me he gets a video of uh, Wild Bill, Wild Bill, on an airplane. <laughs> Michael P.S. Hayes. On an airplane with this awful light-up belt, uh, which is not far from That's where not far from where they're going. Yes. A neon belt. Yeah. But he's stark naked with a giant horse seas. So it's, so yeah, keys. 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 Yes. So, to spell that yeah. is C-K-E-E-Z. Now, if you're wondering, what's keys? Keys would be the male anatomy. Yes. Yes. Y yes. Yeah, so, so Rooster shows That's us. That's a callback to Ric Flair, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Rooster shows us to Ace. Ace is like, oh, you know, like this, because this is my guy, even though he'd kind of been blackballing him anyways, he still had hope. I don't think he was blackballing him. I think he was building up, building him up with hope and not coming through, but I don't think he's blackballing him. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, they finished the match and back to the video though yeah, he yeah. the video goes viral but yeah of course it's gonna and go corporate viral wrestling, michael ps yeah, and, was a and corporate yeah. corporate wrestling like d if you're wwe and you get caught showing your junk on a plane one you're getting arrested unless you're rick flair one you're getting arrested two you're getting <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna get rid of any relationship with you they're gonna distance themselves so guess what wild bill I don't know if you're going to be with corporate wrestling much longer. You're not going to be with New York. Vince McMahon ain't going to put up with it. So Wild Bill is done with them, I bet. Okay, so th they finish the match. R Jack goes backstage. He's furious. Ace is nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. He's nowhere to be found. So he's got to send Bobby out there. Greenhorn Bobby yeah, Pin. To, to wrestle, even though w Willie says he can't wrestle. He's only wrestled two matches in a row. Well... Whatever y you know, Willie's smarter uh, to be a booker than Jack is. She is, but I mean, there's a load of guys who've worked two, two, two in a row. Like, there's loads of you. So pro you so probably did under a hood. No, I, I never did. But I'll tell you, I could tell you who did. This is a, people are going to be mad at me for talking so much. Um, I remember one time, sidebar, I we did a battle royal, and the winner of the battle royal took on Adam Knight to be the River City Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Wayne Stanton was the promoter. I was the booker. So Will Damon, great wrestler great wrestler he talked too much 
he was a good talker, but he talked too much. And I don't mean that like in the back, but his promos, he would go on and on, just like I'm doing this week on this podcast. But um, Will Damon wrestled um, Royal Rumble-style Battle Royal for like 20 minutes, and then he had to go out and do 25 with Adam Knight right after. So he just gets the back. He's blown up after the match. He's out of, he's out of wind. And his music hits. He's like, oh, no. And I said, get back out there. And he had to go out and wrestle a match right after. So he did it two in a row. Bobby Pin, the, the reason she's worried about Bobby Pin doing it isn't the physical exhaustion. It's the mental capacity to, re- to, rem- to do two matches back-to-back. He's C- too green. He's too green, 100%. So th- they, they do the match, and the unthinkable happens. Ace turns heel. And it's unthinkable for him only. It's, okay. it's fully thinkable for everybody else. Yes, it's been hinted at, and he finally does it. And? And, well, there's, I mean, I guess we'll talk about the, the Crystal thing. Crystal's like, back off, you know, you're being too hard on him type thing. And, and he's like, I'm not your blanking boyfriend. How clear do I have to make it? Which is like, whoa. Like, because yeah, he like never comes out and says it before, right? Yeah, he so he's saying that to her at ringside, but right? Yeah. Or is that in the back? Uh, that's in the back. Okay. But he never comes out and says So it. he turns heel, and then he goes to the back and acts like a heel to the boys. Yeah. like Which is not what you do. No, but he never comes out and says that to her before. Like, yeah, now, now he's being very, very clear about because it. Because the problem is he's changed his role in front of the people. And turned heel, and now he thinks he's got to be a heel in the locker room. That ain't, that would not fly. You start acting like that in the back, there's going to be a guy who's going to stand up to you and say, cool your attitude or get lost. Yeah. And unfortunately, the terrible Vance Nevada booker would not be that guy. It would be one of the guys who actually cared about the locker room dynamic. But anyway, that was Ace. and Yeah. And so he's heel, and then he's a heel in the locker room, too, because he doesn't understand the business. And so Crystal's upset. She gets hugged by Vicky in the back, and this is where the big reveal comes, that Vicky is not actually Ricky Raby's actual like full-on girlfriend he's she's his she might be a side action though. She, she, she is his side action but he's got a wife back but home. he's got a wife back home and she and she's like well not all relationships are conventional and, and then the shine's sort of off the apple for crystal because then she's like oh that's art imitating life yes guys always have a woman on the side and it's in the wrestling business and unfortunately too much in real life but yeah ricky rabies piece of work and so you know to sort of put a bow on things Willie goes home, and she finds none other than Wild Bill. <laughs> Wild Bill. Oh, Why is Wild Bill at Willie's house? Well, Because he, he messed up, because his video went viral, and he got canned. So he went to, like, a warm place to land? But, well, he didn't get canned yet. This is it. This is it. He's like, Do uh, they fire him? I don't think they fired him. I effed up bad. I effed up real bad. That's what he says. Yeah. Um, and this is because they have a history. They sort of talk about the history in previous episodes. They never really get into it, but this is where they sort of lay the lay the seeds that, that Wild Bill and Willie were once a thing. Man, this show has more weird drama. If a wrestling company had this much actual drama in the span of three three weeks, it would be off the rails. Like, the, the, you'd need a booker with leadership skills, but it's what's drawing me in. I love it. Yeah. Because, like, every scene has something where you're like, oh, my God, I don't, how would this happen? I keep asking myself, how could this happen? And then I realized, well, when Vance Nevada was the booker, there was a lot of weird it shit. It all happening. comes, all roads lead back to Vance Nevada. Oh, I sound obsessed. Steve Stryker thinks I'm obsessed with him. I think you might be. No. A little bit. No, no. He's my cousin. I want the best for him. Unfortunately, his actions make it impossible. Big surprise. I have Vance Nevada on the phone right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you did. Hey, Vance. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Mike got real red. You can't see it because it's not a visual I didn't medium. get red. I'm hot because I've drank too much <laughs> beer. This Parallel 49 is giving, making the cheeks a little rosy. I've got, I've got a little left. I'm going to finish same, mine. Same, Okay, so that's heels. 
Now we got to give it turnbuckles. Yes. How many turnbuckles? I gave episode two 8.5. I would give this one 9.5 out of 12. Really? Yeah. Better. Yeah. Definitely better than two. Okay. Because the dramatic, it started dramatically. Like the suicide, he's jogging, he's jogging. He sees a deer in the garden. You think he pulls the handgun because he's going to shoot the deer. Yeah. And then he shoots himself and it's like, oh, the mood. But then you had the, the I actually really got off. I, I got to watch how I say this. <laughs> <laughs> I did not play with myself, but I enjoyed the scene with the wives and then going out and enjoying the wrestling yeah. show. I've seen that. I remember one of the guy's wives, she, they divorced since then. I don't want to drop names, but she kind of looked like Allison Love. And she was, everyone was her friend. And she would bring a friend around and she was so into the show. She was the most supportive wife ever. I think the boys were actually disappointed when this wrestler dropped his wife. I should say names, but it's personal life. I shouldn't. But anyway, this wife was amazing. And she had friends, and they were all hot. Send me her details. Yeah, I'll send you the details. But she's not single anymore. She's remarried. But anyway. It's only a problem for her. When you see a group of four girls coming to an independent wrestling show, I guarantee you the boys would be like, they'd know where they were sitting. They would know, oh, she's with, oh, that's Jack's wife. Jack, the, your wife has friends. Like, none of this happened. Their ass, the writers missed their, it. Their ass barely would have touched the seat, and there would have been somebody there. The guys would have been playing to them in yeah, the ring. Yeah. Like, uh, they missed that. Or if it's or if it's like now, the guy would have come out from behind the gimmick table. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, guys <laughs> working their own gimmick table. I'm the only one who thinks like this. Yeah. I really am. And 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 I, I've been all over the place today because that stupid caffeine pill mixed with this Parallel 49, which is amazing, by the way. Absolutely. But I love being all over the place. And way better than that I'm trash w- water. I'm winning the battle of no more formats. No more formats. No, I want to just be she's. What are we at for time? Wait, we we are at uh, we are at one oh four. One oh four. Okay, good, good. I got I got I still got more stuff to talk about. Okay, let's hit it. What do you got? No, it's what you have. I got nothing else. While we're done with That's heels. That's all I got on my format. What do oh, you got? Ask me a question that a fan asked. Okay, so Reggie asks. Reggie Park or Reggie Gallagher? It just says Reggie. I'm not sure. It it might be Reggie Gallagher. Okay. With, th- with this question, it, pro- <laughs> it probably let's is. Let's assume Re- Reggie Gallagher sending in questions. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so Reggie asks, how do wrestlers get paid? That's definitely Reggie, <laughs> That's definitely Reggie Gallagher asking. Oh, I, th- okay. I'm, I know we're, you think we're tight for time, but I'm going to tell some stories here. Um, do not pay a wrestler with a personal check. It is insulting. Even if that check clears, the wrestler will still talk about, the promoter paid me with a check. Can you believe this? Yeah. Well, did it clear? Well, I had no idea it was going to clear. Like, they take it personal, right? So do not ever pay a wrestler with a personal check or even a business check. They... They don't trust the person paying them. That's how bad the industry is. Yeah. And I use industry loosely. Um, and then there, so I've had it where there's a long lineup and you basically stand in line and you, it's almost like you can't wait to be paid. Yeah. And, and then you get an envelope and you got to sign a piece of paper, which acknowledges what you got. And a lot of times you can see the last four guys signed for what they got and you knew, oh, I'm getting underpaid. Yeah. Um, so the envelope system was good. Like, it was almost professional. Like, nothing about payoffs is professional. Um, Wayne Stanton, shout out to Wayne. He's gotten a lot of airtime today. Wayne Stanton had this, it was almost like you were getting greased. Like, you'd done something illegal yeah, for I him and, you, yeah. and you were coming to get a payoff. So what he would do is, let's say, for me, I only got 5 or 15 from Wayne, the highest I ever got from him. But let's say I was getting $5, and that was in my rookie year. And if he gave me $5 today, I would still work my tail off for yeah. him. Because it's Wayne. Anyway, so Wayne would have slipped the $5 bill between his index finger and his middle finger. Yeah. And he'd walk up and he'd, thank you for everything tonight. And he'd shake your hand. Yeah, it's like you're getting grabbed. And if you were, and if you were with it, 
you slipped the five outs. Yeah. And if you weren't with it and you and you lost it, he didn't. He wasn't just like slip it back in his pocket and walk away. He'd go, I think you missed something. Yeah. And he'd shake your hand again. And if you didn't get it, the, then finally he'd probably take it out of his fingers and say, Here you go. Here's five dollars. Um, but that's how Wayne did it. And it was like my favorite way to be paid. It was like, oh, I got to go shake Wayne's yeah. hand and hope see what's in there. Um, but that's how he did it. Bobby <laughs> J kind of did something. See what's so in there. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby J kind of did something similar when he was running top rope because Bobby was, Wayne was a hero to Bobby in a, in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, other ways I've seen, I've actually seen a almost fight happen the way payday, payoffs were handled. Scott Steiner, big pop up pump. Tough guy, believe it or yeah, not. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. And former collegiate wrestler. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, believe it or not, he has a bit of a temper. And Jeff Dick, say. the owner of WFX, at this time he was the owner, partner in Action Wrestling Entertainment, AWE. I was the booker. So we brought in Scott and Rick Steiner, and they do two nights. And the thing was, I think something happened where Jeff went to the bank that day and got all the American cash he could get from the bank. Like, if you go right. in and you say, hey, I need 4,000 American, they're like, what? Even yeah. if you order it, they say, well, we'll do our best. You may not get 4,000 American cash. So Jeff sits down with, with Scott, and they're going through business, and, and he hands him money, and he says, I can either give you the rest in Canadian, or tomorrow morning I'll go to the bank and get the rest American. It wasn't Jeff Dick's fault. No. Jeff Dick, for all any fault he has, I think Jeff is a wonderful person to a degree, and that's notwithstanding whatever there is between him and I. Right. Right. I think for the most part, he's a good guy. And the one thing that Jeff does wrong is he can be ultra dismissive to who he's talking to. Right. And he doesn't mean to be, it's just something he does. Like, ah, I'm not even worried about that. And, and uh, all day long, like he has yeah. sayings that he says in every sentence. And one of the things he used to say is, ah, you don't know business. And, <laughs> and if you could say that to me and I might not like hearing it, but I'm not going to be like Scott Steiner. Yeah. So anyway, Scott Steiner's like, I want to be paid. And Jeff's explaining to him why he could only get so much American money. And he's like, I'm good for it. I'll either give you Canadian that you can exchange or tomorrow morning before you fly out, we'll go to a bank together and I'll get you the rest of American. He's giving him options. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on, but Rick Steiner comes over to me. Rick Steiner's a really nice guy. And I got along real well with Scott. Like yeah. Scott and I, I, he's actually one of the most, I actually enjoyed him more than almost everybody else I ever dealt with because he was a ribber like me and pretty laid back. Very laid back. Yeah, yeah. to me. Anyway, so Scott, Rick says, you better get over there because Scott's going to kill your money guy. And I was like, basically money mark, right? He's yeah. like, so I see this and Scott, like you can see the ho his whole body and he's jacked, yeah. as you know. And he's like, he's like tensing up yeah. and Jeff's at the side of the table and he's sitting, he's holding his ground. He's not backing down. So I walk up and I put my hand on Scott's shoulder and I said, what's going on? He's like, I'm about to kill your guy here. And uh, Jeff Dick's like, I said, Jeff, what's the problem? And he's like, uh, well, I, I tried to explain to Scott. Uh, uh, and he, he just doesn't get business. And he said, if you say that one more time, that I, I worked for Ted Turner and I worked for Vince McMahon, and if you're telling me I don't get business, they got business and I got business with them. And, and he's just, he's about to lose it. Yeah. I have my hand on Scott's shoulder and I hear what Jeff is saying and Jeff's explaining he's going to get paid. And I say, Scott, I, I give you my personal guarantee. We're good for it. Um, and I promise you, you're going to get paid in full. And if you want American money, we're going to take care of it. And if you're willing to take Canadian money, we'll take care of it right now whatever you want. And he, he settled down. He was like, oh, and he's, he, and the mood, but he was going to kill Jeff yeah. Dick, the money man. <laughs> and a lot of guys are like, oh, Jeff was probably stiffing him. That's the popular, the popular, Jeff was not trying to stiff him, 
but that's that's what happened. Scott was why, yeah, and why would you like pick the jackedest guy? Yeah, to exactly. Stiff? You're like, gonna stiff a guy. You're stiff the guy. Stiff me. Stiff. Yeah. Stiff all the locals. Anybody, yeah. You're not gonna stiff Scott Stein, no. right? Like that's the, one of the most important people to pay. So hey. that was that. He was gonna kill him. Who could pull my arms off? I should. Yeah, I should cut exactly. his pay. So payoffs are all. <laughs> one of the other funny things about payoffs. So you got the list of locals, and they all come up. I've never seen a fight over five dollars. I've never no. even had a conversation over five dollars. Like, I owe you money right now. We're not going to get a fight over $5, No, right? So you're paying locals. And, and let's say you think the local's are supposed to get $45, like independent guy, right? So you, so, you think the, so you think the guy is supposed to get $40, whatever it is. And, or you paid him 40 last time. And he's like, no, I get 45 No, I paid you 40 last time. I get 45 And it's going to go to fists over $5. Yeah. To them, it's like, I want $45. Like, I guess maybe they associate it to one more beer, right? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know either. If, if, if you owe me $5, hey, I'm going to shake your hand. It's not a big deal. Yeah. When we start getting into 20, I might mention it. Yeah. 50, I'm going to say, hey, can, can we square that away? Yeah. 100, we might start losing our friendship. Yeah. But $5. But, but e- even losing the friendship, you're not going to like get into fisticuffs rolling independent around. Independent wrestlers, $5, you've screwed me. And, and it's, and it's, I life get or it death. though, but I get it. How? Explain it. Okay, uh, this is why I get it. Because you are going out to the ring and you are putting yourself on the line. You, it is a very physical sport, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. You don't get it. I'm sorry. And no, that's exactly Keep going. that's Keep exactly going. what Keep it digging. is. Keep digging. Keep digging. I'm not digging anything. If you're going to go out there and you're going to like bump around the ring and hurt yourself, you want every cent that if that you're you a qualified think professional, is, you're that is not coming hurt. to you. If you're a qualified professional, you shouldn't be hurting yourself. First and foremost. Secondly, Whoa. oh no, I'm serious. Whoa. You do put your body on the line, but professionals generally are safe in the ring. And no, I'm be. not saying they're not safe. I'm saying it doesn't matter if you're safe. A scoop slam still hurts, still takes a toll. Yeah, okay, fair a enough. A suplex still takes a toll. So Jumping off the top rope. So there still is takes an agreement between a talent and a promoter. They know what they're going to get paid, right? When they take the booking, they know what the rate is. Right. Based, especially if you ran the show three weeks before. What makes you think that rate went up without you having a conversation to ask for more, right? And the problem is, what's the five dollars worth the fight? Well, no, it's at the it very least, you could say, "Hey, next show, I'm going to be, I'm going to want a little bit more." And you, and you, and I, as as people who don't care about five dollars, understand that. But I can understand that mindset. Well, that I, I can understand the mindset. You can tell I came from independent wrestling because when my employer screws up my pay by like t- quarter of an hour. I'm sending an email to payroll saying, hey, I actually worked 41.25 yeah. hours that week, not 41 Yeah, hours. like uh, like anybody who stiffed me on pay, I was not quiet about it either. I was, you know, I would bring it's it up. It's not stiffing. Uh, okay, the scenario or I told mis- you. Or misunderstanding, whatever you what want to call it. What happens is the wrestler decides he wants to up his rate without a conversation. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's a different story. I thought you were talking about the promoter was stiffing him $5. No, no. So usually, so what would happen, okay, what would happen on a payroll for a WFX show, let's say, is I would submit to Jeff Dick, here's the payroll. And I'd s- put the numbers on a spreadsheet, and Jeff would fill the envelope with cash, right? And if it was U.S., it was U.S. cash, and if it was Canadian, it was Canadian cash. So you'd get to a guy, and you'd hand him the envelope. And it would be, I'd have the spreadsheet from the show before, so I'd know because I'm typing it in. So I paid them this last time. I paid them this this time, right? Because there's been no conversation to change the rate. Yeah, but you, you were in a fairly professional outfit. Do you know how many times I heard a local say, Hey, I don't work for 40. I work for 45. And I'm like, no, really? man, no. 
so who's wrong here? Do you want to do you want to rethink that? Yeah, that, that, that's a different story. Yeah, but the guys do it all the time. They want an extra five dollars. They're always They're chiseling for another five another bucks. Fu- it's amazing. Local wrestlers at their finest. Oh, by the way, I need to correct you one more time. Go I'm ahead. Correct myself this time. So we had this long-running argument. Who's the longest-running promoter in Canada? Guess who told us the actual truth? Our friend, Rob Stardom. Check, oh, the, okay. check his log out on YouTube. Guess who the longest-reigning promoter of in Canadian history right now is? It is our friend, Tony Candelo. He's run consistently since 1972. And that cues up Glenn Goza. We're going to Tony's Wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N. That's wrestling. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock? I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post. And the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Ericks can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. 
Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?